Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Well, I'm so excited, like I said, that we get to be together, and I'm grateful that church is not just a Sunday thing. It's not just a, a moment of transferred information. One of the greatest things about church is the relationships that we have one to another. In fact, as I study the scripture, I just see over and over the familial language that is used for those who are in Christ. And immediately they become brothers and sisters. And God is our father. We are the children of God. It's that connected relationship that we have one to another that makes life just so much more rich and enriched. And so I want to encourage you, if you are not connected right now, you're not in community and in relationship, can we help you do that? I would love in this season to see you connect in a meaningful way with other people. One of the ways we facilitate that at Vivid is through what we call hubs. They're smaller groups of people that meet on a regular basis. Right now, we're doing those twice a month. And this week, is Hub Week. And so if you're, you're around, we'd love to get you connected. If you live anywhere in the Vancouver area or in the Toronto area, we've got a group near you that you could connect with you know, in an in-person way. If you live somewhere else outside of that area, maybe uh, on a regular basis, you, you tune into Vivid Church from your home or even from another country. We have hubs that meet online as well. And so even from a distance, you can be in community, in person, or online. And so let us help you do that. Reach out to us again at info@vivid.church. We're going to get you connected this week. This Thursday night, we've got an awesome time hubs gathering all across the context of our church. Sound good? Amazing. Thanks so much for that. In fact, even as you're in the chat right now, it is encouraging for me personally and for our whole team to know that people are, are bouncing back. I got an email this week from someone who lives in Alberta, and they said, man, it's just been such an encouragement to us that we can tune in, be encouraged by worship, learn something from the word. We feel like we're a part of this. On a regular basis, I hear from people who live not only in other cities, but other countries saying, Vivid Church has become for me a regular part of my week. It's become a place where I feel at home. Let's, let's go further with that and not let it just be a one-way communication, but connect in that way. Awesome. Hey, before I get to the word today and we start a brand new series, I want to encourage us in our giving I want to thank you. There are people, again, who this is the way they do church. They've never gathered in person with us in Vancouver or Toronto. But like, this is my church, and therefore, I'm giving. I'm invested. My heart is in this thing. Do you know the Bible teaches us that where we place our treasure, our heart follows? And so I want to encourage you today. If you feel like God has brought you here or he's got you connected to Vivid Church for a, a specific reason, then invest your heart in it. Put your heart and soul into this. As we continue to be diligent in reaching people, you get to play a part in that. And it's just been such an honor even over these last few weeks. I've had the opportunity to meet with a number of different pastors and to bless them and to say, hey, we're with you and to bless them in tangible ways. We're going to keep on doing that more and more. And so as you give, you don't only affect what's happening here at Vivid, but you actually have an effect on what's happening in churches all around the nation and even the world. And so let's keep on giving. Let's grow in that grace. Let me pray for you as you prepare to give. You'll see the link that's in the chat below. Jesus, I thank you so much for the ways that you've blessed us. I thank you that you invested treasure where your heart was, that you cared for humanity in such a way that you sent your one and only son. And I pray and I ask right now that as we give, that our hearts would follow with determination and with focus into all that you're calling us into. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are continually playing 
praying, not playing, praying blessing on your family, on your business, on whatever you set your hands to. We're just trusting God, even as he promises, that when you give, it will be given back in an increased measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Well, I, I mentioned it. We're about to start a brand new series. I want to preface it now and give us a little bit of context for what the month of March is going to look and feel like. And, uh, and then we're going to dive into it. I, I believe today, as simple as it is, is going to be effective in our life. And I'm telling you, it's pretty simple, okay? And so our, our series this month is entitled, Therefore. Therefore. In fact, if you were in the room right now, I'd ask you to turn to the person beside you and say, therefore. So why don't we do that in the chat, all right? Therefore. It's this simple word that is used in the Bible some 442 times. You'll read the word therefore more than you read the word heaven or prayer or faith or wisdom. And you're like, okay, I, I get it. It's used a lot. But the word the is used a lot. And the word and is used a lot. And pointing out that fact, you'd be correct. Just because it's used a lot of times doesn't mean it has incredible significance. But I'm telling you, the word therefore does have incredible impact and purpose. It's not just any other conjunction. The word therefore is not just a filler word. It's not like a hockey player saying the, the term, you know. Have you ever noticed that? After a, after a game, the announcer comes, they put a microphone in a player's face, and they're like, so what did you notice out there? And they're like, well, you know, we were just, you know, out there, you know, with one another, you know, and passing that puck, you know, and, and, and getting up against the board, you know, keep our feet moving, you know. And it's this filler word that attaches the short fragmented thoughts. The word therefore is not just a filler word. It's not like the word um for a certain prime minister that I know. It's not like a cuss word for a tradesperson that can be used as a noun or an adjective or an adverb or a verb. It's actually way more impactful. The word therefore is linking together thoughts. And again, somebody who's really into English is going, well, that's just a conjunction. I guess, but it's, it, it's got a little more impact than just the word and, for instance, the word and sometimes is just, I had one more thing to say, didn't really know where it fits, so I'm just going to add it on here. Or maybe like the word also. Have you ever uh, gotten a text that started with the word also? If you've gotten a text from me, that's probably happened because I can throw that out all the time. And they're disjointed thoughts that don't really have anything to do with each other. And you're like, oh, also, while I have you, I'm going to say one more thing. Also, spaghetti is really tasty. Also, did you notice that incredible rainstorm we had the other day? Also, uh, I think it's time to invest in crypto. Like they're, they're just completely disjointed thoughts thrown together by an also. But the word therefore, it's this transition from a call to a response. The word therefore, when, when you find it in scripture, it's always linking together the thought that's already been shared is leading towards an appropriate response and they're linked together logically. They're linked together thematically. Uh, you've heard me say it probably, and if not me, somebody else, that when you read the word therefore, you need to know what it's there for. I'm going to do my best to keep a promise that that's the only time we're going to use that really tired joke throughout the, the remainder of this month. But it is true that when you see the word therefore, you need to ask yourself the question, what is this actually asking? What type of a response is this asking? What type of a response is this necessitating based on the call that is being made? I think the word therefore is really at the heart of 
all good biblical preaching. It's not just information that's being transferred, it's actually motivation that's being imparted and transformation that is being led to. The, the power of biblical preaching is not in, in transferring more information, it's in an application, a call to action. It's the response that's linked to a call. And so over these next four weeks, we're, we're going to look at verses, passages of Scripture that begin with the word, therefore. Now, I mentioned it to you. It's used in Scripture about 442 times. And so there are a lot to choose from. And certainly we're not going to go into an eight-year series to cover each one of those. But we're going to highlight some of the big ones. Some of the ones that, as you see, you're like, oh, I actually, I have heard that before. I do remember that. And I haven't stopped to consider for the last little while what that really is there for. I'm going to need your interaction today, okay? And, and here's how we're going to do it together. Sometimes when a point is made, especially in a church setting, you might hear the call for a word like amen. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, come on. Amen, church? Yeah, you've heard that type of thing perhaps before. And even in the context of a vivid church at home, from time to time, I'm like, man, why don't you get in the chat and type in amen? So amen means let it be. It's one of the ways we respond to something we think is true or, or we have the intention, the hope, the desire to see that thing come to pass. But there's other ways that we say that as well. Uh, sometimes in the context of, of technology, we use things like a, a little emoji. There might be a point that you like and so you throw a little fire emoji on that. It's left for all of us to interpret what that might mean, but you mean Ooh, that thing's hot. That point is good. I agree. Maybe you put the little thumbs up. Maybe for some of you like the, the bicep, the, the pound it, whatever it might be. But, but there's this one term that's used uh, more and more frequently that when I hear it, I just kind of like it. I like it. it it's, it's used maybe a little bit grammatically incorrect, and yet I like what it's trying to say. And that's when, when someone likes a point or, or they agree with a topic, or they read a headline that they agree with, or a meme that they resonate with, and they simply just say, that's facts. So today, for the, the remainder of this uh, gathering, the remainder of this message, I'm going to ask you, when you agree with something in the chat, if you could just write, that's facts. Because I believe that when the word therefore is used in Scripture, it, it's actually requiring you and I to, to respond in such a way that we're like, Okay, you got me. Okay, I agree. Amen. Fire emoji. Guns out. Pound it. Or simply, that's facts. That's truth right there. In fact, I want to give you five things that I think the word therefore actually challenges us towards. And, and it's going to be easy to remember because it starts with F-A-C-T-S. When you see the word therefore and you ask yourself, what is this therefore? Well, the first thing that this is therefore is it's a call to faith. When you see the word therefore, it's a challenge or a, a call that is requiring a response of faith from the person who will read it. Let me give you an example. I've written down a few of these 442 examples. The book of Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bible, you could turn there with me. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. It's perhaps the most uh, popular or, or well-quoted, therefore, that I could think of in Scripture. And you're going to see that it, in quoting it, it, it's kind of challenging us to respond in faith. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, now before you can go any further, if you really want to understand what it's there for, you need to look at some context. So let's go back a couple of verses. It says this, Oh, the depth of the riches of the knowledge 
and the wisdom of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths are beyond tracing out. Who's known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been God's counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Therefore, see the, the linkage? Just focusing on God, how great he is, the magnificence of who he is. As, as we look at to him and through him and for him and from him, you might remember the, the most recent series we've had here at Vivid Church where we were talking about a dream that comes from God just, just a month ago, that, it, that dreams from God are to him and through him and for him and from him. And, and then it says this, therefore, in light of that, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be re re transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. What Paul doesn't do is say, hey, hey guys, you, you lack so much faith, you better, you better shape up, you better figure this thing out, you better fix your faith dilemma Instead, he, he draws their attention to the mercy of God. And after painting a picture of the magnificence of the mercy of God, he says, therefore, in view of that, let's take a step of faith. In view of that, let, let's live a life that looks like faith. When you see therefore, one of the things that it is requiring of you and I is a, a response of faith. Call towards God that is responded to in faith, therefore, is there for faith. If you believe that, why don't you just write down in the chat right now, that's facts. See, F, faith. Now we're gonna look at the A, okay? Not only is it a call to faith, it's also a call to action. When you see the word therefore, one of the things that it might be asking of you and I is, is well, we should probably do something about this. Not just say in our hearts that we believe it, not just make the, the cognitive assent to say that is, is true and, and, and I, I qualify or, or I, I uh, you know, endorse this. It's to actually do something about it. Have you ever seen that, like a political commercial that comes on and then someone, the party of whoever is, is backing it, says so-and-so endorses this message? It's like, well, just that endorsement doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be action. But when the Bible says, therefore, it is calling us to step out in action. Let me show you an example. How about 1 Corinthians chapter 6? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. It says this, verse 20, You are bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. We, we could go back a, a little uh, more to see the specifics of, of in what area we are called to be pure. In fact, in the context of this church in the, the city of Corinth, there was all sorts of, of sexual impropriety, such impurity that they were totally immoral in the way that they treated one another sexually. And, and so Paul is saying, hey guys, like, like sex is not just a physical transaction. There's something spiritual. You're a valued person. You, you need to start living in purity in such a way that honors God. And, and then he makes this conclusion, this call, this challenge. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God's with your bodies. You'll notice again that Paul doesn't come in and just blast them. 
and say, what you're doing is, is totally wrong. Stop doing wrong things. Instead, he, he calls or challenges or makes the case that they're of value, of infinite value. The price they were bought with is the price of the life of Jesus. Therefore, there's a call to action. There's a motivation to the action that is required that is linked to the value that is being taught. Are you following with me? If you are, you can just write in the, the chat, that's facts. See, therefore is there for faith. Therefore is also there for action. It's a call to action. Every time I see that word therefore, I need to ask myself the question, is God challenging me to step up in faith? Is this challenge, this word therefore, placed for me to actually activate my faith and put it into action? You'll remember what the book of James says, perhaps, where it says this, faith actually requires action. And so you could say at this point that those two concepts are one in the same. To have faith is to act. To act is linked to the thing that we most believe. In fact, uh, some philosophers would say that we always do what we most desire to do in every situation. That's why people who live according to faith and not the flesh will act according to their faith. We all live out of our theology. We live out of the doctrines that we hold to be true. And so when I see the word therefore, it's there for faith. It's there for action. Number three, it's there for challenge. So often in Scripture, when you read this word, therefore, it's, it's placed in a position that is challenging, not just action, but, but the willingness to overcome what is opposing. Let, let me show you in the book of Psalms, if you could. Psalm chapter 46. Why don't we turn there real quickly? Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46 and verse 2. It says this. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Well, what's this therefore, therefore? Great question. Let's look one verse back. It says this, God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake and surge. He's speaking of what would be an incredibly fearful, intimidating situation to think of the earth shaking and mountains falling into the sea and waters foaming and surging. He goes, even when I emotionally feel this type of way, I need to be reminded of this. God is my refuge. God is is my strength. I don't have to prove to God my own strength. He actually is the source of my strength. And he's my ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. You see, this word therefore in, in this particular verse is not just belief. It's not just faith. And it's not just putting some action to it. Therefore, I'm going to keep on going. It's actually a call to challenge, to stand firm in faith, in belief, in action, even when the world around you is falling apart. So therefore is there for faith. Therefore is there for action. Therefore is also there for challenge. I've had the awesome opportunity over the last number of years to coach each of my children as they get a little bit older in, in the sport of their choice. And so I've coached them in basketball and volleyball and some track and field. 
And not only is it something that I enjoy doing on their behalf, but I just enjoy to do it. I like being around competitive environments. And one thing that I will note is that you can do a drill, like teach a certain skill. This is how you dribble a basketball. This is the way you pass it. Or this is how you, you set and you set and bump and spike a volleyball. This is the way you pass a baton most effectively in a relay. But until you're in the heat of the moment, until you are coming up against resistance, it's really hard to know how you're going to act. I love that the Bible is not just theoretical, it's practical. It's not just saying, well, do it the right way. It's saying, even when the earth around you quakes and even when the seas are surging, you can trust that God is still our ever-present help in time of trouble. He's still with us. And so we need to make that challenged step to not fear. How powerful is this word there for? It's there for faith. It's there for action. It's there for challenge. Number four, the word therefore is there for truth. It's the, the culmination of logical steps of truth. And if this is true, then that is true. And if that is true, then this is true. And if this is true, therefore, let's do something with it. The other day, I was spending some time with my son as he works through a new level of math. And uh, my son Titus, he, he's 14. He was sitting with Sophie, who turned 16 this week. I don't know exactly how that happened. I got two daughters who were going to be driving cars. This is wild. But uh, as they were working together, Sophie was saying to Titus, oh, it's just a simple solution. You just need to solve for X. And Titus was like, yeah, 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 solve for X, solve for X. Hmm. He's like, what are you talking about solving for X? Now, now some right now, as I say this, you're, you're breaking into a cold sweat. You're like, oh, please don't go into algebra. I came to church. I don't want to come to a math class. But what, what Sophie was doing is she was stepping like two or three steps past the level of math he's at right now. And he knew all of the requisite steps, but he didn't know all of the, the terms that were used. She was saying, well, well Titus, you can just skip, skip to two, three, four, and five and solve for, for X. What was taking place was essentially a, a therefore moment. She was saying, if, if step one, two, three, and four are done, therefore, step five will be true. And it was amazing to look, and I, and I said, said to her this, I want you to not just explain your conclusion, but to write out the steps of how you got there. And there was some challenge involved for her to think, how did I get there? Because she said, well, I just know how to do it. I'm like, great, but you don't know how to teach it until you understand all the requisite steps. In the same manner, the Bible is not just a, a uh, collection of truths. The Bible is actually a logical document that helps set the stage and lead us into a, a process of ongoing revelation that if this is true, then this is true. And if that is true, then this is true. That's why I love like Jesus teaching is things like this. The kingdom of God is now near. And he's speaking of himself. He goes, therefore, repent and believe. He's like, if, if, if I am the, the Messiah and I've drawn near, then I'm making it possible for you to repent and believe. Is that the only thing you'll ever have to do? Well, no, you still have to walk out in obedience and you still have to grow in character and you still have to lay down sacrifices. There's so many steps to be taken, but they're steps that are built upon logical steps. When I see the word therefore in scripture, so often what it is saying is it's a call to truth. Let me show you an example. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. 
If this is helpful, why don't you just get into that chat right now and write, that's facts. Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 7. 7? Nah, verse 17. Okay, ready? Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 17. It says this. Therefore, now, if it starts with therefore, what do we got to do? Well, yeah, we go back and get some context. Look at this. It says, be very careful. This is verse 15. How you live. Don't be unwise. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity you're given because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what God's will is. Don't get drunk with wine. That leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and, and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord and always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to speak of lifestyle and character and how we treat one another and the way that we interact with people in our families and in society. But, but what it's making is a series of logical, truth-based steps. Therefore, don't be foolish, be wise. When I come across the word therefore in scripture, I'm pausing to ask myself the question, what's it there for? Well, it might be there for truth. It might be there for action. It might be there for challenge or, or, or sorry, faith, I should say. Or in this case, it might be there for truth. It's just a logical sequence of truth statements that are helping to bring us to a conclusion. Lastly, fifthly, when you see the word therefore, it's often a call to simplicity. It's a call out of complexity, out of nuance, and into simplicity. How many people enjoy simplicity? Come on, if you like a more simple life, can you just write, that's facts, in the, the chat right now? Simplicity. Oh, there's something so beautiful about simplicity. I, I, love, I love that following Jesus and, and living for God, it's, it's always more simple than I make it out to be doesn't always mean it's easy, but, but it is simple. The principles of Scripture are simple. If we, we build them step on step, if we build them according to truth, it actually brings us into simplicity. Let me show you an example of this. The book of Ecclesiastes. That's in the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 7. This is a great one. Solomon, who was said to be the wisest man who ever lived. He wrote this book of Ecclesiastes, and in doing so, he is making incredible observations about the world around him. He's observing ants. He's observing weather patterns. He's observing wildlife. He's observing human interactions. He's observing the, the effect of riches and poverty on people. He's observing the effect of stress on people. And one of the conclusions he comes to in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 7 is this, much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. Isn't that interesting? As he talks, he goes, man, I've been talking a lot. And the more I talk, the more I find that, that I'm just talking for the sound of my own voice. Man, much dreaming, lots of words. They're just kind of meaningless. So let's get more simple. Therefore, fear God. It's like I've come to this conclusion that more important than all of my opinions are the base convictions that I have. Therefore, I honor God. So when you see the word therefore, 
It might be there for faith. It might be there for action. It might be there for challenge. It might be there for truth. Or it might be there for simplicity. Indeed, you could find that, that it's probably all of them. Because faith requires action. And action leads us into challenge. And challenge ends up proving to us what really is true. And truth, it delivers us into simplicity. Let me say that one more time. Faith requires action. And action leads us to challenge. Challenge proves what is really true. And truth delivers us into simplicity. I want to bring this to a close today. It's ultimately just been uh, an introduction to this thought, but I want to leave us with something specific that we can actually do. If this is what therefore means, let me give you a therefore that we can put into action this week. Proverbs, not Proverbs, Hebrews, I should say, chapter 12. I told you Romans chapter 12 might be the most popular It's neck and neck with this one right here, Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bible, turn over there to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read it to you, and uh, we're going to make a few conclusions together. As I read it, I want you to make some observations. Do you notice the call to faith? Do you notice the call to action? Do you notice the presence of challenge that we're, we're, we're being called to overcome? Can you see where truth is being illuminated and the call to simplicity is being highlighted? Let's look at this together. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's make a couple observations in this passage of Scripture. The first thing that needs to be pointed out, if it's going to have any effect in our life, is what is this built upon? It's built upon a, a chapter of Scripture that some refer to as the Hall of Faith. Not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith. And in this particular passage, this, this entirety of Hebrews chapter 11, you see the stories of men and women of incredible faith. The author is trying to paint a picture how simple people, when they live according to faith, can actually live greater lives than they ever imagined. It's in this passage of scripture, Hebrews eleven six, that it says this, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who know uh, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And it continues on. It starts from Adam and Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham as it works its way through Abraham. It's Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses. It's on and on and on the stories of Scripture. It's one of the greatest summaries of the Old Testament and people of faith who had gone before. I love what it says this in verse 32. It says, what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon or Barak or Samson or Jephthah about David or Samuel or the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised and shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the fury of the flames. They escaped the edge of the sword and their weaknesses 
were turned to strength. I love this. The, the stories of people who had visible, noticeable, obvious weaknesses. In that list of names I just said there, if you did a little study, you'd find that they all had glaring weaknesses. And yet, they lived according to faith and their weaknesses were actually mitigated by the strength of God in their life. Therefore, since we're surrounded by that type of a precedent, since that's the cloud of witnesses that, that surrounds us, it's a challenge to faith. The writer of Hebrews is saying, if, if this is true of the way God works through people, then don't be defined by your lack of faith. Don't be defined by your present weakness. Have some faith and some courage of your conviction that God can turn your weakness into strength. Vivid Church, I'm challenging us right now. Therefore, in view of the reality that we are surrounded by this cloud of witness, let's actually step out in faith. Now, faith, you remember, requires action. What would the action look like? Well, that's a great question. It says, in doing so, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. See, this is the action step. Faith is stirring up in our hearts with this therefore, but we're also called to do something with it. This faith is not just so we feel good, it's so we do something. What should we do? Throw off the things that easily entangle us, and uh, throw off, I should say, the things that hinder us, and the sin that easily entangles us. You will notice that there are some things that hinder us that aren't sin. There are some things, some hang-ups and hold-ups, they're not sinful, they're just hindering us. There is some ways that we spend our time right now. It's not sinful, but it's not helping us get to our destination. There are some priorities we've made with our finances. They're not sinful, but they're not helping us. There, there are some mindsets. It's not like they're sinful mindsets, but some beliefs that we've maybe held about our own insufficiencies that are holding us back. So if we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, what's the action step? As our faith rises up, we got to get rid of those things that hinder us, and we've got to let go of the things the sins that entangle us, that hold us back and trip us up and will cause us to never live out our destiny. This, therefore, is there for faith. It's there for action, but it's also there for challenge. If we are willing to throw off the things that entangle us, throw off the things that hinder us, it says this, let us run with perseverance. It's speaking to challenge. Why should we throw off things that entangle us? So we can run better, so we can get to the destination, so that we can keep in step with the Spirit. I want to challenge us as a church. Let's consider the things in our life, even this week, that we can say, I I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to stop being entangled with this so I can run with perseverance. All around the world, people are celebrating uh, what is referred to as Lent as we work our way towards Easter, where people say, no, I'm going to just drop some things. I'm going to put aside some habits. For some people, that's like, I'm not going to do sugar for this, this next few weeks. I'm not going to do coffee for these next few weeks. I'm, I'm not going to do social media for these next weeks. I'm going to just remove some things that are hindering me right now, or maybe even entangling me, so I can run with more perseverance. Therefore, is there for faith, action, and challenge. Not only that, it's also there for truth. Look at what race we're supposed to run. It says the race that's marked out for us. That's what truth does. Truth clarifies and defines for us what our lane is. When we start living according to the truth, we're not worried about what we can't control. We're not worried about what is outside of our responsibility. We are focused on the race that's marked out for us. I'm believing as a church that as we, we fix our eyes on Jesus, we will actually see that this is what I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible for, for what people say 
to me. I'm not responsible for the pressures that are going on around me. I'm not responsible to fix all the problems of the world. The weight of the world is on God's shoulders, not mine. I'm just determined to run my race with perseverance. Therefore, it's there for faith, action, challenge, truth. And lastly, it's there for simplicity. See what it says? Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. The pilgrim, or the pioneer and perfecter, I should say. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. If you get distracted by the cloud of witnesses, or you get distracted by the the call to action, because there's things that are hindering and things that are entangling, and that's getting distracting. If you're getting distracted by the perseverance required, oh, exhausting. Maybe you're getting distracted by the the boundary lines, the, the things that truth is requiring. Understand this, that truth is actually delivering us into simplicity. The greatest place you could start is actually where this particular challenge finishes. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. Lock in on Jesus. He's the pioneer and perfecter of faith. If you want to know how to run your race, watch Jesus. If you want to know how to to get rid of what could hinder, watch Jesus. If you want to know the, the, the power that turns weaknesses into strengths, watch Jesus. If you believe that could be true in your life, can you just write that facts in the chat right now? I want to pray for us that this week, we would be these type of of racers that would run with a perseverance that says, I'm not gonna be held back by what could easily entangle me. I'm not gonna be distracted on what is outside of my lane. I'm not gonna get discouraged and give up running. I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus and keeping in step with him. Why? Therefore, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for our church. Thank you for the men and women, for the young and old, for anyone who would find themselves watching this, whether they're watching live watching later, maybe even listening later on a podcast. I pray your blessing over our lives right now and a challenge that goes deep into our spirit that we would actually begin to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I pray that we would be shaken out of our passivity, shaken out of our apathy, that we would be moved beyond uh, uh, inundation in our own weaknesses. Instead, we would put our trust in a God who can turn them into strengths. I pray that in this day, in this time, in this coming season, that we would see the victory that you're calling us to. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. Thank you for pioneering the concept of faith. Thank you for perfecting faith within us, even though we're weak. In your name we pray. I ask for an overcoming spirit of perseverance called to faith, action, challenge, truth, and simplicity. As you're watching right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I need you to know this. He has pioneered faith for you. He's made a pathway for you to live, not according to your works and efforts, not according to your fault and your failures, but to live according to faith. The Bible says this, that if you will, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and really believe that in your heart, then you're saved. And according to that faith, you are granted righteousness. And Jesus says, I no longer longer judge you on your greatest day versus your weakest day. I'm not judging you on the sin in your life or the fault in your past, the mistakes that you've made. Instead, I'm judging you on this criteria. Do you believe in me? If you don't know Jesus as your savior, you could begin today. You could pray a really simple prayer. I'm gonna lead you in the prayer. And it would be like a first step that we get to build on from here. It's just simply saying this, Jesus, I give you my life. I trust you with my future. I say that you're Lord of my life. I repent of my sin and I receive your grace right now. Would you help me to walk in relationship with you? 
In your name we pray. If you prayed that prayer, I would love to encourage you in your next steps. Can you take a moment and reach out to us? Send us an, an email at info at vivid.church. We're going to walk this thing out with you, help get you connected in community, and walk into steps of continued simplicity and freedom. Remember, when you see therefore in Scripture, get out a pen, just write the word facts beside it, and ask yourself the question, is this a challenge to faith, action, challenge, truth, or simplicity? And it might just be that it's calling us to all those things. I love you so much. I'm excited to see you next week as we continue our Therefore series. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.